down for just a second. Take a deep breath and let it out. Right. One more time. Take a deep breath. Every breath that we have is a gift from God. Right? Every breath that we have. And now because we can you put your mask back up? I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate that. Right? I give you like this little moment of freedom in there. Um, 
But every breath we have, what do we do with it? That's what I love about this song. Because every breath we have is returned in praise. Every breath we have that shows the love and the mercy of God in our life should be returned in praise. Now, it's not to say that that praise looks like this song or other songs, right? The praise that we can give to God can be uh, a word uttered in a moment, right? Just a, a thank you, Jesus, or just a, I'm so glad that's over, or God, I don't know where you are, but I'm trusting you, right? That ends up resulting in praise. And so every breath, be, be aware of every breath you take, and let it be praise back to him. So, Lord, we do thank you for every breath that we have. Lord, I thank you that you are faithful. Lord, I thank you that you are generous to us. Lord, I'm grateful that you, uh, that you desire to show us who you are. And, Lord, that picture of who you are shows up best in Jesus Christ. Lord, we're grateful for you and your presence among us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated. So we, we have these deep breaths that we take and result in praise. And uh, in our story, as we're picking up in Mark chapter 10, there, there's, this, there's this moment, there's a guy who's off in the corner. They're, they're in Jericho. The, um, uh, Jesus and the disciples are in Jericho, and they're making their way up to Jerusalem here at the beginning of uh, the, the Passover week, or we call it the Passion Week. And uh, as they begin making their way from Jericho, there's this guy off in the distance who's using the breath that he has and he's calling out, son of David, have mercy on me. And he starts to get insistent and get a little bit louder. Have you ever had, like, maybe your kids have gotten loud at inappropriate times? Anybody have children who've ever done that before? My children have for sure. Thankfully now they're almost adult. Well, some of them are adults, some aren't. But my daughter who's here, she doesn't do that very often anymore. Um, but, but just that sense, right, yelling out in this moment that seems somewhat inappropriate. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, using his breath in essence, presenting praise. Uh, well, here's what the story says, Mark chapter 10. As Jesus and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, we find out why he's yelling out to Jesus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the road. So he hears this crowd going by, and he's wondering what all the ruckus is about, and he finds out that this is Jesus of Nazareth that's coming through. So he heard it's Jesus of Nazareth, and he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many people scolded him, be quiet. It's not appropriate right now. <laughs> Don't do this. How many of you have been, on the, you've been scolded before for uh, saying something maybe a little bit too loud, right? I, I have been for sure. Um, many scolded him to be quiet, but he shouted all, it just made him, made him louder. <laughs> You're not going to shut me up. I'm using this breath to bring praise in a weird sort of way because I need Jesus to know that I'm here. He shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. It caught the attention of Jesus, and so Jesus stops, and he said, call him. Ooh. Real quick, moment of transparency. How many of you have ever been called into the principal's office? Oh, look at that. A lot of you. Yes, you're in good. Keep those hands raised for a moment. Look around. You are in good company of rebellious people. Yes. 
I don't think I ever was, now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah. I was a good kid. You know, I was like that good kid that really annoyed everybody. That was, that was me. Uh, I did set fires to things I shouldn't have, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> so Jesus stopped and said, uh, call him. So they called the blind man and said to him, have courage. Get up. He's calling you. So it says that Bartimaeus threw off his cloak, jumped up, and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus, it seems pretty obvious. <laughs> He's blind. Why are you asking him? I think sometimes God wants to know what our needs are from our own lips. We say things like, God, you know my needs, right? And, but you never name them. I think God wants us to name those things. And so Bartimaeus, um, the blind man, replied, Rabbi, let me see again. It's kind of important because that basically lets us know that this blindness that he's experiencing is something that's happened to him after he was born. Either it was progressive or it was an accident, something happened because he wanted to see again. He's tasted sight. He knows what it is. He's like, I want to see again. Jesus, this was taken from me. So Jesus said to him, go, your faith has healed you. It doesn't say Jesus placed a hand on him. It doesn't say any of that took place. It just says Jesus proclaimed healing into blind Bartimaeus' eyes and he could see again. It says immediately he regained his sight and followed Jesus on the road. So now blind Bartimaeus, who was a beggar sitting on the side of the road, is now a follower of Jesus on his way to Jerusalem. It's a pretty incredible story. And I think Mark includes this story for a really important reason. As we've been going on in our series, we started at the uh, very beginning of 2021, and so now however many weeks we are into this year, uh, we, we arrive at this point where blind Bartimaeus is healed and he can see again. And this is right before they make their way to Jerusalem, which is the hotbed of activity for all the religious leaders who think they can see, but they're actually blind. And I think Mark is drawing attention to this fact through this incredible healing that takes place. Blind Bartimaeus was desperate to see again, and when he finds Jesus and hears, he's, hears that Jesus is, uh, is right there next to him, nothing is going to stop him from getting to where Jesus is because he wants to see. He's done with blindness. But all of these religious leaders, if you go through the book of Mark, and we talked about it a little bit, a, a handful of times, but it happened a lot more than what I brought up in the, in the series. Uh, time after time after time, these religious leaders think they can see, but they are absolutely blind. And if Jesus were to ask them, what do you want me to do for you? They would have some other thing <laughs> rather than the actual need of their life that they would proclaim. Blind Bartimaeus knew that Jesus and Jesus alone was the way that healing was going to happen for him. So this is the same for us. Because I think Jesus asks us the same question. What do you want me to do for you? Think about that for a moment. Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus, I need you to speak to this anxiety in my life that is getting the best of me. 
Anybody felt anxious in the last uh, couple of months? <laughs> right, we, we deal with this, right? This is our, this is our cultural reality. The anxiety is just part of our relationship with, with one another right now. You know, on top of coronavirus, and then it's like mask or no mask, and good friends of yours might disagree with you, and that creates anxiety. The, uh, the, the vaccination, good friends might disagree with you about it, and that creates anxiety. We have all of these things that create anxiety within our culture, and Jesus, this is what I want you to do for me. Help me to be free from this. Jesus, I need a job. Jesus, rescue me from heartache. Rescue me from a, a relationship that is absolutely broken, and yet I find myself going back to it time and time again. Rescue me from that. So in fact, after the healing, while on the way to Jerusalem, this really becomes... Um, the, the, this, this moment in Jerusalem is really the climax of the entire story of all of the Gospels. Every Gospel talks about this moment when uh, Jesus and the disciples are making their way into Jerusalem. Um, and this is, uh, this is Palm Sunday today, and so, uh, you know, around 2,000 years ago or so, this event would have taken place on a, on a Sunday like this, Jesus coming in to Jerusalem surrounded by crowds of people, not just his disciples, but a gathering group of people around him that are wondering, what's going to come next? And so they make their way up to Jerusalem. Jesus knows there's more to the story, and we're going to get to it in just a minute. But right now, everybody is focusing on, as he's making his way up to the gates of Jerusalem, there is a praise that is beginning to arise from within this crowd. Not only is Bartimaeus there, right, but I guarantee you there are other people who've been healed by Jesus that are now following him. The disciples are there, and this is more than just 12 guys and a donkey with Jesus riding on it, right? That more is going on here because there's a proclamation from the people that they see something in Jesus that they want to be crowned. They start making political statements about, you know, uh, son of David, you're going to be on the throne of David. That's a political statement. We want to shake off the Roman rule. We want a king to come now and rule over us. And so this is what it says. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet here as uh, we get, get ready for a, another moment of praise for us. Mark chapter 11, verse 8 through 11, and if we're there in Jerusalem, this is what it would have looked like. Many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread branches they had cut in the fields. They did this so that the dust wouldn't get up there, and you know, and Jesus, the teacher, they didn't want the teacher to be uh, dirty because of all the dust, so they put those things down there, really a sign of honor. Both those who went ahead and those who followed kept shouting, and this is what they're shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Then Jesus entered Jerusalem and the praise was there. And this is the praise that we offer up as well because our God has done great things. His love overcomes, and He has done great. 
God you, God, you have done great things. We thank you so much for doing those wonderful things in our lives. Thank you for your faithfulness, your love, your mercy, and your grace. Amen. Let's try that again. Good morning, Life Church. God has done some pretty great things, hasn't he? We're excited about his presence here. We're excited about his presence in our individual lives. 
thank you for coming to collectively worship him. You may be seated for a moment. If you are here for the very first time, welcome. All of you who are normally here, thank you for being here as well. And if this is your very first time, there is a card located in the seat pocket in front of you. If you would take the time during the course of the service, simply fill that out and take it to the guest information table in the foyer. We would love to have a record of your visit. Plus, we have a free gift for you. So let's give our first time guests a hand today. All right, so what's happening next Sunday? Easter, not Easter bunnies, unless that's what you're into. But uh, we will be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ here at Life Church. So we want you to be able to invite some of your friends, your family, your coworkers, and these little cards can be used for that very purpose. And they're located at the greeter stations. So simply pick up a handful of those on the way out and uh, invite some people to come with you next week. Amen. All right. I'd like to invite our ushers to come forward. And while they're coming, we've got an announcement for you. How many of you know that Kids Life is now meeting during all three of our services? Yeah, we're excited about that. So if you have not been coming at 930 because we did not have Kids Life, that excuse is gone. So if you'd like to attend that service and bring your children or grandkids, you can do that. All right. Well, how many of you know that God loves a cheerful giver? And he even tolerates us when we're not very cheerful, right? Because his love surpasses our grumpiness at times. But we want to give out of a heart of, a heart of gratitude and praise today. Some of you have given online. You've given at a kiosk already. But this is an opportunity for the rest of us to give in person. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity we have to continue our worship through our giving today. God, we pray that you will make it all that you want it to be. I pray that you'll bless both gift and giver and help your kingdom to expand around the world. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, these guys and gals are going to turn around, and if you'd like to give in the offering today, please just make your way up here and put it in the bucket. And let's take the next 60 seconds and greet each other. God bless you. Good morning, Life Church. Just try that again. Good morning, Life Church. It is uh, really fantastic to see each one of you. Thank you uh, for being here. Thank you for your faithfulness. And I do want to draw your attention really quickly to uh, something we've got coming up here uh, right after Easter. So uh, we know, grab your Easter invitation card. They're small, <laughs> right? But they're the, super easy to give out. So please make sure you take uh, several of those and give them out to uh, neighbors, friends, uh, people that you don't like, whoever it is. Give them out. 
Uh, we want to make sure as many are here as possible uh, for Easter. But right after Easter, starting on Wednesday, April 7th, uh, then running through uh, Sunday, April 11th, we're going to have a time of uh, focused prayer and then also fasting uh, from Wednesday through Sunday. Now, the fast side of it is uh, I'm encouraging everyone just take a break from one meal a day, Wednesday through Sunday, of, uh, so the 7th through the 11th, just one meal a day. Some of you might say, I'm going to do more than one, and that's fine, and all that stuff, but I just want to challenge every one of us uh, to take at least one meal a day and say, God, we're going to give this to you. And then don't like tell everybody, hey, look at this, I'm fasting, I'm not having this meal. That's not the point of a fast, right? What we're to do in that time, though, is to take that half an hour, 20 minutes, 30 hour, whatever it is that you normally take for that meal, and just get alone with God. Go out to your car if you're at work, if you're working at actually working at a place right now, go to your car. Uh, if you're at home, find a spot and just pray. Exchange that time you would normally take for eating and exchange it for time with God. And I think that, that uh, there's something about uh, the way that that honors God, and I believe the Lord wants to do something great in your lives. And so uh, we have a brochure, a little, this little trifold thing for you. Uh, that as you leave today at each one of the uh, exits, uh, or as you leave the building today, uh, you'll find these available to you. Uh, but each day there will be a focus. Uh, Wednesday is personal repentance and confession. Uh, Thursday is family and community. Friday is missions. Uh, then Saturday is our, a, um, dealing with spiritual warfare. And uh, then Sunday will be our service as we close out our Mark series and find out that it's our turn. Right? It's our turn now to do what Jesus has called us to do as his disciples. Wednesday night, April 7th, uh, we'll be kicking off this time with a time of worship and prayer here in the auditorium at 7 p.m. So all the classes that are going on will be suspended uh, for, that, uh, for that Wednesday. And then on Saturday, I know you heard about it last week, but on Saturday, we're inviting you to help us as Life Church uh, do some great things for our community and simple things like cleaning up. And uh, it's been a long winter, right, and things have a tendency to pile up. So we're going to be going to a couple of, uh, couple of parks here close, uh, close by in West Valley and Kearns and just taking a moment, taking a few hours on Saturday morning, uh, the 10th, and helping the, uh, helping the city. Uh, this is our city, right? This is where we live, uh, many of us. And so let's beautify it. Let's take ownership of where God has put us, and we want to be a light in our community. We're also going to be heading out to uh, the 180 Girls Ministry over in Tooele. I'm uh, going to spend some time with them. And uh, we know it's going to be important, an important uh, time for them uh, as well. And so you can sign up uh, immediately following the service out in the lobby. We'd love to have everybody participate that can on that day on April 10th. So uh, get ready for that. Um, all right. And I'm going to try to remember at the end of service to remind you to pick all those things up and to get out there and sign up. So, all right. Um, so as this week unfolds uh, for Jesus and the disciples, as they make their way into, uh, into Jerusalem, uh, we're, we're actually skipping over in our series about four chapters, right? Because, you know, just the way the calendar falls and all of that, we're right here now at, at the Passion Week. But the Passion Week actually involves about one-third of the book of Mark, one-third of it. About one-third of the book of Luke and Matthew as well are dedicated, a little bit more actually in the book of John, dedicated to this final week of Jesus' life. That lets me know that there's a lot that happens, and it's incredibly important for us to know the story. So in those four chapters that we're kind of going to be uh, kind of skipping through today, there are miracles that are happening. Jesus is uh, confronting, again, the religious leaders. We've already mentioned them a little bit today. There is a ton of things happening, so go home today and read through those uh, four chapters, chapter 11 uh, through 15. 
Um, and so when all of these things, as, as this all continues to unfold, on Thursday of the week, this Passion Week of Jesus, Jesus and the disciples find themselves in a room uh, getting ready to celebrate the Passover. Now for us, we call this uh, the Lord's Supper or Communion. And depending on where you come from, even the Eucharist, right? This is a moment of thanksgiving, a moment where we're able to uh, celebrate uh, communion together as a family. And so this night, on a, this Thursday night in the Passion Week, uh, Jesus and the disciples are gathered together, and a number of other people gathered together in this room, and they are celebrating Passover. And this is a historical event for the nation of Israel. They would look back every single year uh, to a time in the book of Exodus, and they would remember what God did for them to deliver them. Uh, so what would happen uh, in the book of Exodus in this Passover was that on every door that uh, where the nation of Israel was living at the time, they would have sacrificed a lamb and they would have taken the blood of that lamb and they would have placed it on the top of the door and on the sides of the door. I have a picture for you of what it could have looked like. And this represented for the nation of Israel at that time, uh, in the book of Exodus, if you go back there, uh, that on that night that the angel of death was going through Egypt, Every door that was protected by the blood, every door that had experienced this sacrifice, the angel of death would pass by, would pass over. <laughs> There's the term Passover. Every door that did not have that, death would visit that household. And they would remember year after year after year through Passover this very thing. They would understand that sacrifice was responsible for the protection in their life. They would realize it was the shedding of blood that would be the very thing that would set them free from death. This imagery was powerful for the people of Israel. And as Jesus stands before his disciples on this night, I think he is uh, probably in a weird sort of way asking his disciples the same things that he asked of the blind man. Disciples, what, what do you want me to do for you? What, what do you need to see happen in your life? Now, the answer to that is, uh, Jesus, we need your life. Because we're bound by sin. We are bent towards disobedience. We're bent towards wrong. We feel that when we close our eyes at night and we kind of recount the day, and we realize, I didn't always live up to the things that I say I believe. I haven't always on this day done everything the way I should do it. We are bent towards that failure, that spiritual failure in our lives. We need grace. We need protection. We need provision. And ultimately, we need salvation. Because we can't do this on our own. Now, Jesus provides all of these things. And the disciples don't know exactly how far Jesus is willing to go. You know, Jesus has talked about this before, talked about the fact that his life is forfeit. He'll be giving his life, but the disciples still fully don't grasp it, even, this, even in this moment, just a few hours before all of this takes a turn. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet here as we celebrate communion together. And uh, our ushers are ready to go. If you did not receive a communion cup when you came in, can you just very quickly raise your hand? And uh, I know right up here in front, uh, we've got a, got a couple right up here, right up here in the front, a couple of other places. 
want to make sure that, and we practice open communion here at Life Church. You don't have to be a member of Life Church. All that we ask is that you're a member of the body of Christ, that, uh, that you're part of what God is, uh, God is at work doing in the world around us today. You can go ahead and peel off that top layer that'll reveal that, uh, that wafer and hold on to the wafer for just a moment. It says this, Mark chapter 14, verse 22 uh, through 25. It says, while they were eating, he took bread and after giving thanks, he broke it. He gave it to them and said, take it. This is my body. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful today. Lord, we really have the privilege of looking back on history, on something that the disciples had yet to experience. God, they didn't know that by you giving this emblem and, and breaking that bread and blessing it, that truly it was your body that's being represented. That in just a few short hours, your life would be taken and your body truly broken. So Lord, as we look back, uh, we see your hand all over this moment. We see your grace and your mercy being extended to the disciples. And Jesus, we are grateful price that you paid so that we can be free. Lord, we love you this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. Thank you, Lord. And then carefully open up that second one. If you need some help, don't be afraid to ask. And it says, after taking the cup and giving thanks, he gave it to them. And they all drank from it. It was a communal cup, and that, was, that would have been very traditional at that time. He said to them, this is my blood. Now, earlier with that, that bread, he said, this is my body. But with the blood, he, he does something a little bit different. He expounds on it, and this is what he says. He says, this is my blood, the blood of the covenant. What covenant is he talking about? Uh, in Ezekiel, in Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah, there's, there's a, a picture looking forward to the time when God changes these hearts of stone to hearts of flesh, where he puts his spirit within us, he puts a, a new desire within us to fulfill the covenant, that he, a covenant of love that he's given to us. That's what he's looking forward to. This is that new covenant of love. And this covenant that is poured out for many, I tell you the truth, I will no longer drink, drink the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom. God. Jesus, we are so grateful for this new covenant. Lord, we recognize that it cost so much. And what we hold in our hands is this emblem of your shed blood is an incredible gift. Just like the very breath that we breathe, Lord, this gift of this new covenant in your blood offers eternal life to us because of the sacrifice on the cross. Lord, we're grateful for you, grateful for this new covenant and your love. And together, Lord, we celebrate you. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Let's partake together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, it really is our honor and our privilege to be in this moment where, when we're able to celebrate communion. And God, as a family, as, as your body, we celebrate you today. Lord, we recognize the incredible cost, 
incredible grief that, Father, you experienced at the death of your son, but, Lord, it was for, um, for your kingdom to be expanded into your creation, your kingdom to be expanded into those who bear your image. And, Lord, we are so grateful and thank you for the cross in whose shadow we live. take your bread, we take your cup, and we remember that you saved us. The spotless shed is precious blood, and from the sinner's crown, love flow down. In how we shine. Chains are broken, death be defeated, and we are free. In Calvary's shadow, the darkness trembles, and we stand and testify that we are free. Take our place beneath the cross. We fix our gaze upon its majesty. The slain Messiah lifted up. Let all the world see his victory. In Calvary shadow. Our chains are broken, death be defeated, and we are free. In Calvary's shadow, the darkness trembles, and we stand and testify that we are Shadow, the darkness trembles, 
becomes our testimony, the cross, right? You can go ahead and be seated. And so we reach this moment uh, that the story of Mark has been looking forward to from page one, from chapter one, uh, almost chapter one, verse one. See, Jesus spoke uh, to the disciples and anybody who would listen in those initial messages. In fact, uh, way back when we started the series, this is where we started was the very first words that Jesus speaks publicly are the words that have followed him uh, day after day after day for three and a half years. And this is what he said at the very beginning. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is near at hand. So this idea of repenting, which means turning, right? T turning away from the way that we were and turning towards God. And then he says, for the kingdom of God is at hand kingdom of God. Now at the triumphal entry, the people, of, uh, uh, the people that were following Jesus and those that were you know, clamoring for him, they wanted a political victory to happen. They wanted a military uh, victory to happen. That was the kingdom that they were looking for. But his kingdom, Jesus' kingdom, looks very, very different. Because this is what his kingdom looks like. His kingdom looks like the cross, not, not the band behind us. <laughs> Although they're pretty cool, right? Yeah. But the kingdom looks like the cross. It's not political power. It's not military might. It's not violence. It's the cross. Mark chapter 14. This is right before all of this happens. Then they went to a place called Gethsemane. Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. Going a little further, he threw himself to the ground and he prayed that if it was possible that the hour would pass from him. Think about this just for if you ever wonder the human side of Jesus, right? And you can't really speak of human side, God's side, right? Because it's all one, okay? But the, this humanity that that is Jesus, fully human, this is where we see this. If this can pass from me. Have you ever had like something going on in your life and you go, I've had enough of that? Anybody? <laughs> I've had enough. <laughs> this is what's going on right now in Jesus' life. Father, I see what's happening. I know what's going to happen. And if there's any other way, let this happen. If there's any other way, Father, I'm looking for a way out of this. But this is what he says in continuation. He says, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you, right? We, we, we pray the same way. God, we know that all things are possible. Lord, I'm struggling right now in this situation. All things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Jesus knew it was coming. But then he says this, but not what I will, but what you will. 
to me, these are almost the most, most important, powerful words that Jesus utters in this last week and really the last hours of his life because it was because he uttered those words and was willing to be obedient what his father had, we today stand here in, in these moments being able to breathe in and then to breathe out praises to God. Right, it's because of this moment that the cross actually took place. Right after Jesus said that, right after Jesus prayed that, uh, Judas and the other uh, religious leaders and guards from, uh, from the temple, they come in and they arrest Jesus. He was betrayed by, G uh, by Judas, arrested, although he had done nothing wrong. He was given a trial, which was actually a farce, declared guilty by the religious leaders, although he had done nothing wrong. He was taken to the Roman authorities, condemned to die, although he had done nothing wrong. Jesus was innocent of all the charges. He lived a sinless, perfect life so that the cross actually has meaning for us today. So on the stage has been the presence of the cross. It's always confronting us. It's kind of there as a shadow right behind us. And, and I believe this is a great picture for us today. The cross should always be considered in every bit of our life. The cross is always there. We're accountable to the cross every bit of our life. The cross is a place of humiliation, of brutality, but it's ultimately a place of hope. It's a place of salvation. It's a place of dignity. It's a place where we find our lives fulfilled is at the foot of the cross. And ultimately, this is a, that place of forgiveness, but it really is a picture of the upside-down nature of the kingdom of God. They were clamoring for political power, and Jesus said, no, this is what power looks like self-giving, self-sacrifice of our God as pictured in Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 15, verse 22. They brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha, which is translated place of the skull. They offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. That's a, um, it's kind of like a painkiller, a pretty primitive painkiller that was uh, very effective. And he was like, nope, I don't want anything to do with that. This is, this is what I am taking on myself, it says. Then they crucified him. It was 9 o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. The inscription of the charge against him read, The king of the Jews, those who passed by defamed him, saying, Save yourself and come down from the cross. In the same way, even the chief priests, together with the experts in the law, were mocking him among themselves. He saved others, but he cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the king of Israel, come down from the cross now that we may see and believe. The whole story of Bartimaeus comes full circle in this moment. The religious leaders were so blinded they could not see Jesus for who he really was. Then it says, Now when it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, around three o'clock. Jesus cried out in a loud voice, and he breathed last. This is what Jesus came to do. Jesus lived his life so that he could give his life for us. For every one of us. 
doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter in this moment how far away you are from him. It doesn't matter the things that you have committed, the stuff you have done against him, against your fellow uh, brother or sister, against your own family. It, it does not matter because Jesus gave his life for you. If you're watching online, Jesus gave his life for you. Jesus gave his life for all of us. I'm gonna invite you to stand to your feet as we close out this morning. Folks, we are lost without Jesus. We're absolutely lost. And what he offers to us is the only life that we actually need to live. That's his life. As Paul says later on in Galatians to a letter to, uh, to these churches, he says, it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ who lives in me. The only way for that to happen is for Christ to give himself for us. You see, folks, because every one of us have sinned and we've fallen short of the glory of God. We've tried on our own. We've tried to succeed and we've tried to make everything right spiritually in our life, but we know that we have sinned and we've fallen short of what is expected of us. And we know that because we have fallen short of the glory of God and we've sinned, that the wages of that sin, the payment of that sin is death. Now we know the physical death that's all around us all the time, and we know there's a spiritual death, right, where that separation from God, and we feel that in our lives. What the Bible goes on to say is that there is a gift that we can receive because Jesus died for us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us, and because of that, this gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. The gift that we have, it's much better than what you're going to be getting as a new time or first time guest to Life Church, right? That's nothing compared to the gift that Jesus gives us. And the Bible says, "What do we? We can't earn this, right? We can't do religious things. Picking up a park does not do anything for our salvation. It's a picture of what happens because of ourselves. But we don't earn salvation by doing things." This is a free gift that Jesus gives to us. And what the Bible says of us that we are to do in Romans, it says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Simple as that. I'm going to invite you to bow your heads at this time and close your eyes for just a moment. Either you're here with us physically or you've joined us online uh, virtually, and I'm so grateful that every one of you is here today. And I'm grateful for this moment right now. Because this is where we're confronted with the cross in our own lives. What does it mean for us today? And you're here this morning, you would say, yeah, I recognize in my own life that I have fallen short of what I know I'm supposed to do in my life. I know that there's sin in my life and unchecked, I can, uh, I can uh, look forward and I can see that this road is only going to be a road that leads to destruction. And I am ready to stop that road of destruction by letting Jesus be Lord of my life today. And if that's you this morning, I'm gonna invite you very simply to just lift your hand up and say, yeah, I am ready uh, to receive Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior. Amen. There's a lot of, keep your hands raised for just a moment, right? Keep, keep those hands up. I know some of you, this is like a rededication. It's been kind of an ongoing thing for you, and that's fantastic. 
but, but really I'm most concerned right now in this moment with those for whom you would say, this is a new decision for me and I am, I am ready to follow after Jesus. Keep those hands raised. Anybody else? Keep your hand raised. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Here's what I'm going to ask uh, at this time. I know I've got some of my prayer team that's here and other, other leaders who are ready. Can you guys come on down at this time? And if you raised your hands, uh, and whether it's the first time or this has happened a number of times for you, I'm going to invite you to come down. You're not alone, all right? When you come down, you're not going to be alone. So if you raise your hand, can you come on down to the front? We want to pray with you directly. We want to ask God's blessing on your life directly. So come on down at this time. Thank you. We'll have some of our prayer team that's up here kind of spread out. And uh, before you get praying with them, uh, don't worry about praying with them right now. Yeah, come on forward. Thank you so much. Man, those who are coming down, let's, uh, let's just thank them for coming down at this time. Thank you. I'm going to invite very simply everybody to repeat a very simple prayer after me, and then I'm going to have our prayer team pray with each one of you. And uh, just a very simple prayer. It's not magical, nothing like that. I'm just going to help you with uh, just some simple words for us as we dedicate ourselves uh, to Jesus this morning. And everybody's invited as well as online. Everybody repeat after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. I receive you as Lord of my life today. I confess my sin to you. I confess my disobedience. And I give you all of my life. Jesus, I know you have a plan for me. And I know you want to uh, have your spirit dwell in me in the resurrection power of Jesus. And so, Lord, I trust you with all of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. One more time, let's thank God for all these decisions. Amen, amen, amen. We have some cards we'll have you fill out if we're uh, able to. Um, and then everybody on the prayer team, I'd love for you to pray with each person. Please don't leave without somebody praying for you. Uh, other than that, uh, we'll, we'll conclude uh, this morning uh, for us. Um, I, I am just so grateful for what God is doing in each one of your lives. And I cannot wait till t uh, next week as we celebrate Easter. Uh, together, make sure you pick up um, the invitation cards on your way out. Also, don't forget to sign up um, uh, for our cleanup that we have coming up on April 10th and also pick up uh, the information about our week of prayer. Let me pray one more blessing over each one of you. Father, we are so grateful that we are here together. Lord, I pray your blessing and your anointing upon each person who's here. God, help us to walk with boldness because Jesus, you live within us because of what happened on the cross. And Lord, I thank you that we are able to uh, answer that question, what do you want me to do for you? God, we're able to answer that question with God. We are wanting you, uh, God, to, um, uh, to continue to pour out a blessing upon each one of us. Lord, we go in the boldness of Christ. We go in the boldness of the Spirit of the Lord living within us. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being here today. We'll see you next week. And if you're up here, please, yeah, don't leave without getting prayed for.